Welcome to the Bravo Papers, a safe space for all us Bravo fans who love to analyze, deconstruct, and talk about our favorite Bravo shows ad nauseum. There's no such thing as overanalyzing or reading too much into your favorite Bravo shows and Bravo celebrities here. So join me, Bravo and Botox, as I find the depth amongst the shallow. Just a quick note before we start the episode, I have launched a new Patreon. Patreon.com slash Bravo and Botox. If you come and join my Patreon, it's $5 a month, and for $5 a month, you will get four additional podcasts. These podcasts are my Bravo Weekly Musings, which are generally an episode where I talk a little bit more freely, comfortably, and openly about whatever Bravo topic happens to be on my mind that week. For example, my first episode was about a DM I received from Catherine Dennis a while ago and why she was so angry in my DMs. This week, I'm talking about my general annoyance with people trying to use misogyny to try and excuse some of the poor actions of people like Raquel and Taylor on Southern Charm, and some of the tweets and discussions I've been seeing around that, including in my comments for Southern Charm this season. I also discuss my annoyance with Bravo celebrities, housewives, etc., being up in the DMs, on comments, getting a little too involved with fan pages, with some recent examples, including Teddy Mellencamp and Uba, and go into a lot more detail and candidness, candidness sorry, with my thoughts about that. So I will be releasing my Patreon episodes every Tuesday, and your money will go directly to supporting me and growing my podcast and, you know, just helping me to get paid and succeed in this. If you're interested, just go to patreon.com slash bravo and Botox. Thank you so much. And now here's to today's episode. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Bravo Papers, Bravo Weekly News. It is Monday, October 30th, and tomorrow's Halloween, so happy Halloween. I'm sure there will be some housewives posting with some good costumes for us. I've already seen some floating around on Instagram. Um, and, you know, I hope you have a happy Halloween and that the weather is good, especially if you have to uh, take little ones out to trick-or-treat. Last year, I remember it was raining and that was miserable, so I'm hoping for no rain at least this year when I take my daughter out. Um, all right, so there is a lot to talk about this week, um, mostly because of the premiere of The Real Housewives of Beverly Hills, which always brings with it a lot of you know, news happening and gossip on social media. But let's start with Teddy and Kyle on Watch What Happens Live. So I watched it and just a few things that I think are noteworthy and a few things that are, I don't know, cringeworthy, I guess. So one thing that was revealed that I don't think is that surprising is that Kyle initiated the separation. Um, 
her and Mauricio are in different rooms, which again, like, I don't know. None of that's that shocking to me. Um, apparently they have a group chat, they being Teddy, Kyle, and Morgan. And Kyle is really like sticking with this friendship thing. She's even like, oh, I, I think just people just say that we're in a relationship because she has tattoos. Um, no, I don't think that was it, Kyle. It has nothing to do with her having tattoos. It's you getting tattoos of her initial and things like that. <laughs> and getting matching tattoos. Like, I don't know. Kyle just likes to purposefully take things out of context to fit her narrative. Um, She said, so Kyle, sorry. So Kyle also said she was upset about Maurice holding Mauricio holding hands with his Dancing with the Stars partner and says, yeah, it is why she deleted her Instagram support. So she was honest about that, at least. Um, you know, my thinking is that she kind of separated from him to sort of teach him a lesson, probably because he's always cheating. And now that they're actually separated, he seems like he's kind of maybe, you know, living it up with this girl. And she wasn't expecting that. I really think she's like trying to make Kyle is trying to make Mauricio jealous with Morgan, but I don't think it's really working, partly because she's a woman. And I do think that if it was a guy, Mauricio would be more bothered. I know that sounds weird, but I really think that Mauricio would be more bothered because there'd be more like comparison and like sizing up because that's what men do more. So I do think that he would be more bothered, but I don't know. I do think she's trying to make him jealous and this is her way of doing it. Now, again, like it's not if Kyle is still in love with Mauricio and has the same feelings for him, which I'm not sure whether she does or not, but I do kind of think that, you know, it, it like trying to make him jealous is just not going to work in her favor because he's already a cheater and he's already had a lot of dalliances. And then now, look, here he is again. So then, and him and his, you know, I don't know, Dancing with the Stars partner, they put out this weird video, kind of just like addressing the rumors about them being together, holding hands. I mean, I didn't think they, and it was like, you know, they're like talking to the camera and they're all serious. And it was like really long as well, considering that all they really said was, we're just friends. And that was all they needed to say. Like, I don't know why they needed to make this whole long ass video, but they did. Um, but yeah, so Kyle's pissed, which, or bothered, whatever. Andy really seemed to give zero Fs about Teddy and a lot of what she had to say. Um, you know, she mentioned that her and Edwin had issues that they were hiding during their first season. Andy asked zero follow-up questions and did not seem to care. And then she made this like joke about, you know, um, what's it called? About how Tamara gave Jen relevancy by letting her come on Real Housewives of, of OC and that, you know, she's the reason or Tamara's the reason that the, the dick pic happened because yeah, Jen's boyfriend has that like dick pic company where they have hats that say dick pic. Sorry, I'm just saying the word dick way too much. Um, And 
you know, Teddy's like, what did you do with your hat, Andy? You know, and Andy's like, what? Like, he just seems so confused. And then he's like, it's in the control room. Like, it was just the most cringe moment. I honestly suggest that you go watch it just so you can experience the cringe, too. Um, Teddy was just trying so hard to do reads, like, you know, wiping her hands when she was talking about how Meredith takes a lot of baths to keep her hands clean. It was just... She's just... Teddy reminds me... Sorry, my voice went really high there. That's what Teddy does to me. Teddy reminds me sometimes of Kylie Jenner. (laughs) I know everyone's going to be like, what the hell? Okay, not in their personalities, physicality at all, but in that they both look visibly uncomfortable in their own skin when you see them on camera. Like, as much as, like, Kylie looks like kind of a boss in a lot of her pictures and, like, really sexy and blah, 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 when you actually, like, see her sometimes in, like, walking on a runway or, or, I don't know, she just always has this look on her face, like, she's not comfortable or confident. And she gives off this, like, almost like body language or vibe of that. And Teddy has that too, for very different reasons. I think for, you know, Kylie, it's about being self-conscious about her appearance and, you know, not having control of like Photoshop and stuff like that when she's being filmed on a red carpet. For Teddy, it's a different reason, which is way too much awareness of the fact that she's not cool, fun, or interesting and she doesn't know how to carry herself, and she so desperately wants that. Um, So that's why I say they are both visibly uncomfortable in their own skin. Um, Teddy also said that she thought they did like one of those polls, and Teddy's like, I think LVP is never going to return to the show, which is ironic because I think LVP has a way bigger chance of returning than Teddy ever will. (laughs) I can see LVP maybe returning. I can never see Teddy returning. Teddy acts like LVP is not still employed by Bravo. And like LVP last season did not have the highest rated show on Bravo because she did. And a lot of people are like, LVP is not even really on Vanderpump Rules. She's barely there. She's an executive producer. And whether she has a large quote unquote role in screen time, she's making the money. Um... She doesn't, she also said she does not agree that the bunny is the most iconic Beverly Hills moment. I mean, get the hell out. Like, Teddy, you're just showing how dumb you are. How can you say that the bunny is not the, whatever. Okay. Um, and reunion moment, not Beverly Hills total. Because Reun- some of you might be like, no, there's more iconic show moments. I agree. But that is the most, I think that's one of the most iconic reunion moments ever of all housewives um, not maybe not number one, but it's in the top five and it's certainly number one for Beverly Hills. Um, Teddy thinks Sutton is obsessed with everyone else's life and has to make, you know, everyone else's life about her or get involved in other people's lives to make herself interesting. My reply to that is I think Teddy is getting Sutton confused with herself because that's what she does on her podcast every single week is give her opinions and get involved in all the other housewives and their lives. So there's that. Um, so, you know, on the show too, Andy asked about Alison Dubois (laughs) and how everyone was like tweeting that, you know, Alison, you know, the Alison was right and blah, blah, blah. When she said he'll never emotionally fulfill you. So Andy, of course, 
asked about that because he's messy. And okay, so Kyle said, hang on, I'm going to find it because I saved it. So Kyle said on the show, basically like, no, 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 but she wasn't really right technically because, you know, she didn't realize I was already divorced from my first husband and this was my second one and we're not divorced technically. And she said I'd get divorced, like all this stuff. And I'm like, Kyle, she never said you'd get divorced. She just said he'll never emotionally fulfill you and that you'll drift apart when the kids grow up. That's exactly what's happening. So Allison did have something to say on the Instagram. So I'm going to read it. She says, "Okay, oh, Kyle, you look so bothered by the mention of my name tonight and dinner party from hell prediction on Watch What Happens Live. I had to watch it for homework for David Yontif's podcast behind the Velvet Rope interview since I don't watch Housewives and they have a new season. Imagine my surprise when I was mentioned on Andy's show. Kyle, stop misquoting me. I said he'll never emotionally fulfill you. And when your kids are older, you'll have nothing in common. You'll stay with him and he'll take care of you. I never use the word divorce. I don't care either way, but I never mention that. Be accurate. Good luck. It's your life. Just live it. Since Kyle mentioned this on national TV, I had to set the record straight. I mean, she's annoying too. Like the whole preamble about how she doesn't care and she doesn't watch Housewives is such bullshit. Um, It's clear that you do because you're trying so hard to prove that you don't. Uh, so that's one thing. And then the whole, like, since Kyle mentioned it, I have to respond. No, you don't have to do anything. Um, so she's kind of annoying too. And that she's like trying to be like holier than thou or like, oh, I'm above this show. And she's not above the show at all. Um, however, she is correct that Kyle misquoted her hundred percent. I think Kyle just, Kyle just can't give Allison a win, you know, cause Kyle's going to hate that woman till for the rest of her life, which, <laughs> I mean, that woman embarrassed her and she was proven right. So that's got to hurt a little. Um, so Rena put up some posts too on her Instagram stories, of course. Basically, somebody DM'd her and was like, you should be so glad that you're not on this show anymore and it's a saving grace or something like that. And Rena screenshotted it and posted it on her stories. Basically saying she's happy she's not on the show, which that post tells me that she's not happy that she's not on the show and that she wishes she was. Sorry. The show, the premiere was good. It was very good. I thought it was a great episode. There's people out there that are like, Beverly Hills sucks. It gets way too much ratings or why does it get so much attention? It's not even that good. And no, it's good. It was bad for a little while. I get that. Seasons eight, nine, maybe even 10. I'm not, I'm trying to remember the numbers. Those seasons were terrible fully, but all the seasons since Erica's scam hit the press have been amazing. I'm sorry. They just have, it's been a really good show. Um, so the ratings for the first episode, sorry, were like over a million for live ratings. The first episode was great. I think it set up a lot for the season to come. And the stuff about Dorit and PK and their issues is just something that, you know, I think a lot of people weren't expecting to be such a big part of the season. I think a lot of people weren't even expecting Kyle and Mauricio to be showing their issues so blatantly. So, you know, I think the season's going to be good. So far, so good. So I could see Rena being a little like, 
show still got good ratings and, you know, people are really talking about it and all that, even though she's not on. She was not missed. I'll say that for sure. I mean, meanwhile, there's so much other stuff going on. There's like Dorit and PK separation rumors hit, which is wild. I mean, in one way, it's like not surprising because of everything that's been going on. But then in another way, it's like it's still surprising because Dorit and PK have always been kind of one of those couples that just seemed they seemed good together. Whether you liked them as a couple or as individuals or not, they did seem good together. They seemed happy and they kind of seemed to like be able to joke around and have fun with each other. So I don't know. It's it's tough, but apparently, so they deny it. They deny it to People Magazine. They're not getting separated. They're working on things. They're in a therapy, whatever. Fine. I don't believe it. I think we're going to get an official separation statement at some point in the next, like before the reunion for this season, the Beverly Hills reunion, either films or premieres. I think we'll get it. I think Dorit and PK want to announce it on their own timeline. I don't know. I can just sense it. I just, I think it's coming. I also think that the, all the financial stuff, it's all involved. Finances are one of the main reasons that couples don't make it. So it's not like crazy to think that. And there's been another story just come out in the last couple days that PK owes almost $1 million to the IRS in California over unpaid taxes and Dorit owes $90,000. Um, she has paid off some. Um, PK recently paid off $2.27 million to the Bellagio Casino in Vegas. But they still owe all this money on tax from tax liens. So, I mean, I really think, like, I think Dorit went into the marriage thinking, basically thinking that more, that, sorry, that um, PK was, you know, financially well off, that he was going to take care of her and that she'd be able to live a certain lifestyle and spend in certain ways. And I think he turned out to be more of a grifter than she expected. I think she knew he was a grifter a little bit. And I think she's a little bit of one too. And she's okay with some shadiness. But I think he took it way further than she ever expected or thought. So I think that's why, you know, I think that's why things aren't going to work out. I also think I've always thought this since it happened, that the burglary was set up by PK. I think that's why he's annoyed that she still has PTSD, because he's like, get over it. Like, it wasn't even like you were never really in danger. And I think that she is pissed. Like, I think she even if she doesn't know he set it up, I think she knows deep down it has to do with his debts. And I mean... There's only so much that you can forgive someone after they have, like, literally put you through a seemingly life and death situation and traumatized you. Even if you do have kids and you do still love them on some level, like, I could see that being the end of a couple. I really could. It's sad. I mean, I feel for their kids and stuff, but at the same time, you know, I, I just think that PK's putting Dorit in some real danger and maybe she needs to get away from that. Take control of her own finances, pay off the debt that she has, I guess. I don't know how much is going to be put on her back because of him, but I mean, it, it's not going to get better 
So she almost might as well. Um, again, easier said than done. Uh, there's also like a blind item that's been floating around. I didn't want to give this like too much attention because it is just a blind item and it's not verified and it's not facts, but basically kind of implying that there's been a housewives couple who've been like having an affair. She's married. He's married. You know, he kind of promised he would leave his wife, but then he didn't, even though she started the process of leaving her husband. And a lot of people are saying it's Dorit and PK and that the the woman is pissed because now the guy has separated from his wife, but has also started another relationship. So I guess that would be Mauricio with the Dancing with the Stars girl. Again, I think this is just one of those blinds that's kind of based off of like the rumors that everyone's already speculating about. Because a lot of times, like, those, all this, these rumors, this is what annoys me with these blinds. These rumors will all be flying around. Everyone's talking about them. And then all of a sudden there's a blind like three weeks later. Like, I could just watch all the gossip out there and then make my own blinds too. And then if it turns out to be true, people are like, oh, the blinds were right. Da, da, da. But it's like, were they or were the initial gossip and rumors and speculations just happen to be right because sometimes they are sometimes they're not and that just makes the blind the person who put the blinds out look right like don't get me i'm not talking about like dumois but this is from crazy days and nights and i don't know i take everything from them with a big grain of salt um dumois too i mean it's not facts right until unless we till we get it verified that it is all right so one other thing that like literally just came out like before I started recording today is that Mauricio Umansky has been reprimanded by a judge as he attempts to evade punishment over the sale of a $32 million mansion, which previously belonged to the son of a vicious African dictator. There's a headline for you. Um, basically, he was sued. OK, so I remember this. In 2019, he was sued over the sale of a home after it was alleged that he and his business partner... Um, ignored offers from potential sellers, including a $40 million bid uh, in an effort to obtain the property for themselves and later sold it for a massive $37 million profit. So I guess basically the they ignored offers, I think, that were supposed to go to the person selling it. And then... I guess they bought it and then sold it for a big profit. So, okay, so here's some more explanation. So prior to the sale, Mauricio had been contracted by the federal government to sell, oh, by the government, to sell the seized home. So it was seized from this African dictator's son, who is known as the torturer-in-chief after he was accused of stealing government money. Okay, so money, so house was seized by the government, Mauricio's put in charge of selling it. Um, so I guess the the son of the dictator, uh, was, after being prosecuted, agreed to sell the home and use $10 million of the profit to pay a Justice Department fine and donate the remaining funds to charitable organizations in his home country. After Mauricio came on as a realtor and allegedly failed to present all offers, oh, I see, Radar Online revealed that the reality star was playing with fire 
as the dictator's son's father. So the dictator um, is allegedly like a really bad guy and, you know, I guess maybe could possibly seek revenge on Mauricio. Um, I mean, they have a quote about what he has done to some of his enemies. I don't even want to read it. It's really nasty. Okay, so basically... Um, the dictator has ruled since 1979, has a much feared reputation. Um, and according to the report, so basically the plaintiff has private text messages that they think kind of will show that Mauricio pulled a scam so that he could sell the house or that he could flip the house for a profit. Um, and that Mauricio, I guess the seller thought that Mauricio was truly helping them as their agent. So apparently Mauricio attempted to have the case thrown out, stating that the statute of limitation to the to file the claim expired. Um, but the plaintiffs insist that the text messages prove um, his guilt. Okay. So. Yeah, it's not looking good. Um, Mauricio told the judge that his text message disappeared. Text messages disappeared when he got a new phone. Um, the co-plaintiff turned over the missing messages. Um, in response, the judge said there would be hell to pay if they continue the gamesmanship. And given the fact that each party has now made representations to the court that the court has found to be misleading and potentially deliberately so, the parties might want to think a long time before bringing more discovery motions, the judge said. Rather, they ought to just obey the statutes regarding discovery and turn over the information as the law requires. The rule they ought to follow is that if they are thinking about whether they need to turn it over, they do. The court is tired of what appears to be gamesmanship by both sides. So... Yeah, it seems like the judge is getting annoyed because things are being withheld by both sides. Um, and Mauricio is also requesting that the plaintiff, uh, Sam, is hit with a $1.2 million fine for wasting his time. Okay, so we will see what happens with that. I mean, shady dealings for some shady profits. I wonder wonder if that has anything to do with Mauricio's separation. <laughs> I mean, honestly, you never know. You really never know. Okay, so let's talk a little bit about Real Housewives of Potomac. So the premiere is coming next week, and I'm very excited. Um, You know, there's all this stuff about, which I talked about on last week's episode, about Chris possibly cheating on Candace. Robin and Giselle were talking about it on their Reasonably Shady podcast. And, you know, it's one of those things. It's like, of course, it's going to piss off Candace. And on top of that, you know, Robin's had so much cheating rumors and allegations revolving Juan. So it's like, you know, it just seems a little hypocritical for her to be going on about this on her podcast which many, 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 many people online called her out for. I mean, they introduced this, like, the first, like, eight minutes of the show, like a little sneak preview, and it was, like, all about Juan being a cheater, basically. So it seems like, uh, Robin, maybe kind of worry about your own husband and what's happening in your own house. And instead of, like, entertaining rumors, I'm not saying that 
the rumors about Chris aren't even true. They could be true. But it's like, maybe you're not the right person to be discussing it as of right now. So Candace did, she actually has been pretty silent on social media about all this stuff, which is unlike her, but did respond with a tweet. Um, it was either today or yesterday, but basically saying exactly what I just said, you know, maybe worry. She said, you know, worry about the man in your own home and your own, you know, for hire boyfriend. I think she's talking about Giselle's boyfriend, um, you know, rather than worrying about her guy. So we shall see. Um, all right. Little update on Lindsay and Carl and their breakup. Um, so they were at the Winter House premiere and they were both there, which is, you know, awkward, obviously, especially because this is not just like a regular breakup. Apparently they avoided each other at all costs, which I can imagine. And Kyle also put out an interview recently where he kind of explained, you know, his perspective of their breakup. And he said, you know, it's no secret that they've been in constant couples therapy ever since they basically started dating. From my perspective, there were times where I was like, man, it's almost like the only time they could communicate on any given week was in therapy. It's almost like they couldn't even communicate anymore without a third party. And Carl was like, that is not how I'm going to spend the next 50 years of my life. I want to emphasize they're both hurting. This is a very unfortunate situation. I think Carl has tried very, very hard to be as respectful as possible. Yes, he's the one who called it off and he's giving her space. He's basically homeless, letting her live in the apartment that they both pay for. But he drew the line in the sand. The poor guy's trying to figure this all out in real time. Okay, so here's my issue with this statement is, number one, it's coming from Carl's best friend who's, you know, is going to have some bias, which that's okay. Um, however, I do think that Kyle hasn't been like the biggest fan of Lindsay lately. And he's like, he's going to stick up for his, you know, quote unquote, bro. I also just feel like it's a little too, like the knowledge is almost too intimate. Like, I don't know. I feel like this was fed to Kyle by Carl. Like, I'm not saying it's all not true. Some of it could be true. I think some might be a little exaggerated. Um, but I do think that Carl told Kyle to say a lot of this and put this statement out because Carl's getting a beating on social media. Like, people are really like, oh, I can't believe Carl dumped her on camera. I can't believe Carl, oh, Carl's maybe cheated. There's rumors that Carl got a girl pregnant. Like, he's just, it's not going well for him. So I could see, okay, I'll get Kyle to put out this statement. People will listen to Kyle and Kyle knows both of us. So people maybe won't think about his bias as much. Um, but I am, but you know, I do think that Carl put him up to this. I just really do. Cause I also don't think Kyle would comment on it this candidly without having run it by Carl first. And this statement, like this little interview makes Carl look better. Because it makes it look like their relationship was shit and Carl was the one who was brave and did the right thing. And again, that could be true, too. That could be true. He also still could have blindsided her on camera. Those things can both be true. Like, I think the truth is probably somewhere in the middle. And I think it probably is best that they didn't get married. 
Um, but I do think that, you know, Lindsay still has a reason maybe to be pissed about how it was handled, which is fair. Okay. And the basically homeless thing is, um, is lame. I'm sorry. Like, let's not be dramatic, Kyle. Why can't he stay with you, Kyle? You've got a big apartment and then you've got freaking your business where you bought, you know, he bought out like a whole studio for Loverboy. I mean, whatever. I'm not saying it's his responsibility, but I think basically homeless is a little dramatic. Um, okay. So what else did I have? Oh, yes. New Jersey. Oh, New Jersey. It's one of those ones. Um, there's been a panel switch for BravoCon. So you will see when BravoCon happens that Danielle and Jackie have switched panels. So this is indicative of the fact that they've essentially switched sides in the divided friend group. So Danielle is now on like Melissa's side with Margaret and them. And Jackie has stopped being friends with Melissa and them and is now friends more with um, Teresa, uh, Jen Aiden, etc. Now, Jen Fessler is on Melissa's side, but I don't think that really means anything. I think Jen Fessler is kind of neutral in the middle and they just put her on Melissa's side so it would be more even because otherwise it would look lopsided. I don't know. <laughs> I really think that's why. Because Jen Fessler has been hanging out a lot with Jen Aiden, Teresa, and like all over social media. But she's also, I think, on good terms with the other side. So I do think, I think she's going to be kind of our like neutral. Maybe she's going to be like, the voice of reason next season. I could see that. Um, another thing that happened is in regards to New Jersey is that Louis had a little bit of a win in a court case. So as you may have heard, and as many people know, he's his ex, the one who like was in a magazine for raising awareness for narcissistic abuse and who's allegedly a therapist. I say allegedly because I have some questions about that. But anyways, um, etc. has been, you know, ever since he got on this show or he started dating Teresa, she's been in the press talking about him. Now, at first, everyone listened and took kind of everything she said as Bible, um, including myself. But then as time went on, I think she started to get questioned a little bit more because she just wouldn't stop talking about it. And it seemed like she was a little too involved. Like, Example, she started following Teresa's daughters and Teresa's family, which is a very weird thing. If you really say that your ex is like dangerous, abusive, why are you trying seemingly to get closer to him and the people who are close to him? Like, and this is like even after Teresa had married him, like the ship had sailed, they're married, they're adults, and she's still like following him. And I, I don't know. And there's just, I could go on, but there was a lot of other very weird things, including a DM that she sent me that was weird. And like, I don't know, for lack of a better term, it just made me feel like she's not mentally well. I've mentioned this before, but yeah, like it really changed my full opinion on her and the whole situation. Just that DM. So I just need you to trust me on that. Um. Anyways, so... 
in court. So she's trying to file this restraining order against him, which everyone was like, a lot of people were like, yeah, see, he's a creep. He's a this, he's a blah. And I was like, this is so weird. It like, to me, this news came out during the last season of New Jersey and it just made no sense. Like Louis is spending so much time with Teresa. He's in like every picture. They're constantly traveling like out of the country, like just doing things all the time. I just... And then people are like, oh, yeah, he's, you know, love bombing and all this stuff with Teresa so that he can, you know, keep her and get her money. But then he's also stalking his ex. Like, it just doesn't. I don't know. There's just something wasn't adding up to me. Like, I guess he could be doing both. He'd have to have a lot of time on his hands. I just I can't see him doing that and also putting the amount of time and dedication that he seems seemingly puts in from what we can see on social media to Teresa. I don't know. It just, it didn't, something didn't add up. Like it just didn't make any sense. And lo and behold, it doesn't add up. So basically what happened was the restraining order was thrown out. Um, uh, the judge threw it out, the restraining order that... So she just tried to file one. That doesn't mean that she got it. And she tried to file this restraining order and sort of, you know, claim that he was stalking her. However, the judge says that it's actually the opposite and that she's stalking him. <laughs> and that there is, like, no reasonable grounds for this restraining order that he hasn't done anything he's you know not stalking her etc and that you know basically the judge called her that like called her a stalker and warned her to stay away from him and the judge said that found that his ex riser was obsessed with him and continuously bothering him and his family so yeah um, and the judge also said that her filing of a restraining order was nothing more than a publicity stunt. He added that, uh, or Louis added that he's happy to put this behind him, um, and that his, and Louis's relieved according to page six. So, I mean, it's one of those things, like, I think it's good that we are listening to victims and believe women and all that kind of stuff. You know, I really, really think that that has been a good change in the last few years, but, or however long it's been now. Um, but, you know, at the same time, when something is not making sense, usually there's a reason for it. And it is important that, you know, we stop and that we critically think. And there was a few warning signs um you know first of all that she was saying he was obsessed with her and that he was this like stalker abuser yet she would not stop talking about him like almost every post on her instagram like doing podcast interviews like constantly like making comments about like teresa's daughters and diagnosing them when she's never even met them and like just things that are kind of like those were to me were red flags especially trying to diagnose Teresa's daughters who she's never met or had a conversation with. To me, those were huge red flags. So yeah, that's one of those things that like, you know, keep an eye out for stuff like that because 
not everything is always as it seems. All right. So, and again, I'm not saying like Louis is like innocent and he's never done anything wrong and blah, 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 and that he's like an angel. That's not what I'm saying. I'm just saying that there was something about this woman and this case. And I do think that the people who, you know, I particularly Melissa and Joe kind of just wanted to see the bad and use it against them as sort of like ammunition on the show. And I do think that they kind of owe him an apology for like just taking her word for a lot of stuff. Okay, so what do we have next? Um, oh, yeah, one more New Jersey thing. So allegedly, this is a big allegedly, by the way, <laughs> a husband in New Jersey, so one of the New Jersey husbands, went on... Okay, so I'm going to read you the quote. So this was sent to Bravo Bad, Ga- Bad Girl on, I believe that's their Twitter handle. This is what was sent to them. And this is, again, this is a word on the street, not fact. But a Jersey house husband had a drug-fueled rant that's being investigated by HR. He attacked a producer. I don't have confirmation if attack was verbal or physical sense, and my source cannot confirm. Okay. Wow. So, okay. Now then, I got a DM from someone who would prefer to remain anonymous who says it was Fuda's husband. And... She is apparently going to be made a friend of because of this. And they're exploring switching her out with Jen Fessler. So Jen Fessler would be full-time. Fuda would be a friend of. Interesting. I mean, I've heard things about Fuda. Not great things. I mean, there's a picture of him recently where he looks like a completely different person. Like, has lost an insane amount of weight and... I mean, like, that's fine. Good for him. Whatever. I'm not, like, commenting on whether I, you know, it's good if somebody loses weight or not. I don't know his medical history, his health or anything. It's just he's kind of got the, like, house husband makeover thing happening. And he did seem really, like, into the fame and being on this show. Even, like, so far as, like, the stuff about accusing Louis of, like, contacting his ex Which I'm like, uh, I think your ex kind of did that on her own. Like, it really really seemed like it. Like, he just seemed really into the drama. Um, So I wouldn't be surprised if maybe he was getting a little too involved in all this stuff. But we'll see. We'll see. And New Jersey did, by the way, have to cancel their cast trip. A lot of people were wondering about this. But Andy confirmed on, on his, like, radio show that the they were supposed to stay at a place in the Berkshires. Not Dorinda's, but they were going to visit Dorinda's just for like a little cameo. Um, But they were supposed to stay at this place and it literally burned down. Andy said it has nothing to do with like the cast or some crazy conflict or something like that. He said the place literally burned down. So they had to cancel the trip, um, but it has nothing to do with like filming or anything like that. So just to kind of give you a heads up about that. Um, in Salt Lake City news, Monica, there's a little clip floating around of next week's new episode, and Monica discusses how when she was 12, her mom dropped her off basically with a neighbor family to live with them so she could go, you know, pursue her dreams, whatever that means. So Monica says that's why she has such intense abandonment issues and she cries and this whole thing. And then Monica's mom 
responded quite quickly after the clip came out, okay, with a video on Instagram to kind of address it. And um, she basically confirms that it's true and kind of tries to excuse it. But, I mean, she just looks, she just looks like just kind of a little unhinged in the video. It just, it doesn't, it doesn't come off well. She shouldn't need a PR person, this woman, because, like, she's not a housewife. But she almost does because she's so messy. I'm here to set the record straight. The story that Monica tells Heather in the new promo that dropped today is false. Monica knew the family. She was close to the family. They were our downstairs neighbors in Arizona. We lived in a condo building. They lived downstairs. We lived upstairs. Monica babysat with the boys. Monica spent time with the family. If I worked late, she would have dinner with this family. We were in the same word building. We were friends. We were neighbors. She loved this family. She loved the mom. She loved the boys, and they loved her. I took a job in New York City. This was before Monica started school. So the plan was that Monica would stay with them in Pennsylvania while I went ahead to start my new job and look for an apartment in New York City. I could not find an apartment in my budget in a neighborhood that felt safe with a school district. Hey, this is Monica's mom here to set the mom was uh, okay. So, sorry, there was some delay while I closed the clip down. So basically, I Monica says pursue her dreams. So that's going to be different. I mean, I'm going to need more details, but if it's just like maybe her mom like had some like far-fetched dream that required her to leave her daughter behind, that doesn't look great. Like, you know, I'm sorry you had your dreams, but you have a 12-year-old. If you really want to make it work, you got to figure something out that includes your child, not leaving your child in Pennsylvania. But on the other side, if it really was just like she had this job offer and if she just stuck it out, when they went through a little period separated, it could lead to a better life for both of them. You know, that's different. But that doesn't sound like that's what it was. So we're going to have to get more details from Monica, but I'm also kind of, I don't know, I'm leaning towards Monica's side. I also feel like Monica's mom just kind of confirmed it. Like Monica didn't say they were like complete strangers who she didn't know. Like she said it was like a neighbor like family friend, I think. I have to go back to the clip and check. But the point is, is that it wasn't family. And that is upsetting for a 12-year-old, whether she loves them or not. Like I had like my best friend growing up who lived like across the street, who I had dinner at their house all the time. Sometimes her parents would come pick me up if my parents had to work or whatever. Like they were like my second family. But like if my mom had dropped me off to live with them and was like, I'm going to another province to work. I'll see you later. Um, or whatever for a long time. Like I would have been devastated. I don't know. I just, I can't imagine doing that with my daughter. Like I don't want to be judgy because I know that there are some moms in like shit situations who have to go away for work and do things. I just don't know if that is this situation and it doesn't really sound like it is to be fair. And I can understand why Monica would have abandonment issues. So, I mean, Monica's mom needs to stay off social media. Um, Like a lot of these 
newer housewives from Roni, not naming any names, needs to not reply to every comment and maybe stop tweeting. <laughs> okay. Um, Shannon Bedour was three times the legal limit, we have found out. So not good, Shannon. I don't really have a lot to say about that except really, really, really not good. Um, doesn't look good for her. I mean, apparently she's going to BravoCon. I don't know if that's the best idea. I feel like she should... The best PR move would be to go to an inpatient treatment for rehab to show the public that she's serious or to at least just not go because you're maybe, you know, tell everyone I'm doing outpatient, I'm having therapy, it's not good for me. Like, BravoCon is a party and, you know... People are going to be going to the hotels and drinking after and there's partying associated people coming there drunk and what like it's just not a good idea. And it's in Vegas. Like maybe that's not the best for someone dealing with a DUI right now. Um, In the Roni world. I mean, Uba's been going off on social media. So if you're a Patreon subscriber, I did a whole thing today on Patreon about housewives in general, like getting a little too involved in social media, not knowing when to shut their mouths, um, you know, not being able to play it cool, being a little too sensitive to the fans. You know, I have a lot to say about that. So if you want more about that, join my Patreon. But, you know, Uba went off on Tamara Judge, basically, basically saying like the problem is a lot of it is the editing and blaming editing blaming, you know, being gaslit, saying the women are like passive aggressive and they're not like kind of sharing their whole truths. She went in on Tamara because Tamara and Teddy were talking about it on their podcast, of course. And, you know, Tamara kind of responded and was like, yes, I know the editing, blah, blah, blah. Like, you know, did try to like backtrack a little bit. But then, you know, and I like Uba, so I'm not trying to like come down on her. But she was replying to like a lot of comments on social media. And I think she needs to just breathe and step it back a bit. Like replying to every fan comment, it's it's not going to help you. It's not a good idea. And blaming the editing and production is also really not a good idea, especially if you want to stay on the show and maintain a good relationship with them. I also think like of course we're going to judge you by what we see on the show because that's all we see. We don't know you in real life. And she kind of went on about how, like, she didn't want to share her boyfriend. It's very private. And, you know, not everyone wants attention on them all the time. And it's like, okay, you're on a reality show. Like, I don't think that privacy thing is going to work. So, I mean, it's like, she's like, my man didn't sign up for the show, da-da-da. And it's like, <sighs> I don't know. That doesn't work. Like a lot of people have done that. Like my partner didn't sign up for this, blah, blah, blah. Like that's why you got to talk to your partner when you're doing this or you you do need to have someone who's OK with it. If if you want to make this your life. I It's it's just like if somebody's like, I don't want to marry a police officer or a fire or someone who does shift work. Because that's the kind of, I don't want that kind of life schedule. You have to be cognizant of that. And the people who work those jobs need to find someone who's okay with it. Like, 
you this is going to and in a big way consume your life and be a big part of it that's why i just kind of think like the in some ways like a lot of people go into these shows without a realistic expectation of what it is and they also go in with sort of like this kind of ideal of like oh i can separate certain things i can hide certain things which you can do to a point but it's always going to come back to bite you and that's the truth so I don't know. Uba, I don't think the keeping everything private is really realistic. Even if I get it, your man didn't sign up for the show. It's going to be hard for the show to want you on if you're never going to share your relationship. That's the other thing. Like they could just be like, okay, we'll just find someone else who will share their relationship, which they can, because I'm sure there's a lot of people who would want to be on this show. All right. So that is all for today and wish you all well and a wonderful Halloween and please sign up for my Patreon if you want more and it's patreon.com slash bravo and Botox and until next week you are now in the know for everything Bravo. See you next time. Thanks for listening everyone. If you enjoyed today's episode, please rate, review, subscribe, and share with a friend or a hundred friends, whatever you want. You can follow me on Instagram at the Bravo Papers or for my Twitter roundups, follow at Bravo and Botox. If you'd like to support me, please go to buymeacoffee.com slash Bravo and Botox for some much needed caffeine support. And until next time, keep overanalyzing Bravo.